Welcome to Fostering Solutions, a podcast that uplifts people and enterprises making positive impact in communities around the world. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Foster. My guest today is Dr. Christy Williams Dumas. Dr. Dumas, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Good. Tell the audience about yourself. And you've been on our on Fostering Solutions once before, but we are something new and exciting is happening in your life. So you're back. So tell the I audience about yourself. Back. I am a, I'm a wife, a mother. I'm a psychologist sometimes. Um, <laughs> I am a small business owner. I'm an entrepreneur, podcaster, crafter, and upcycler. I'm, I'm out here trying to do all the things. Living your best life, as they say, right? I am. I'm trying. Yes, yes, yes. So describe you. You said you're a psychologist and, and an entrepreneur. Um, so describe your career journey. So I started out working in group homes. I was about 19 years old and a family friend opened a group home for um, at-risk youth. And I started working there as a facilitator and a counselor. And I enjoyed the job immensely, but I felt that I was on the wrong side of service delivery. Like I wanted more and I wanted to help in different ways. So I went back to school and got my my master's in marriage and family therapy uh, and began being a, a psychotherapist in California. And after years of doing treatment and working as a clinical director for several, several large facilities, I decided that I needed to do something else again. And I returned back to school yet again <laughs> when I thought I was finished and got a doctorate in psychology with an emphasis in forensics. And so I was really interested in the testing aspect, uh, possibly being able to work in our correctional facilities and it launched from there. And so it evolved after I did my internships and uh, worked in several of the correctional facilities. And I decided that it was time to branch out on my own and have my own practice. And so we founded Duma Psychology Collective, which is a licensed behavioral health center. And so it just sort of evolved from there, getting into different aspects of psychology, brain training. We also offer neurofeedback. I'm an advanced certified brain trainer. And so we're just dibbling and dabbling in all things psychology. And, and I like where you said you tried something. You were, you were working at a group home, volunteering at a group home, and really and found what you really wanted to do. So that's important to, to emphasize, I believe. Absolutely. I think you have to try things mm -hmm. to know whether it is a fit for you, whether it's something that you're passionate about. I think it's easy to, to glorify something when you're not in it. And then mm -hmm. you actually get in it and you find out mm, this. I'm not sure if this is what I thought it was or if it's really a fit for me. Yeah, I truly, you know, believe in that because it's, it's uh, through volunteering because I thought I was going to be an engineer for, for my lot, you know, for my career. And through volunteering, I really discovered my passion that really set me on the course to doing what I love. 
Yes. So um, you're a now a not not like you're you know don't have much to do. Not like you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, but you're now a published author. So what? Where did that come from? What inspired you? You know, I, I think I've always wanted to write a book. I would, I talk about this a little bit in the book that I've written, is that when I would get in trouble, which was, it was often, so I got a lot of <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of practice being in my room. That was my mother's for a while. My mother would go through phases of ways that she would discipline. And so one of her phases was to send me to my room to think about my behavior and that wasn't necessarily a punishment for me because I would lock up in that room and I'd start writing little stories or uh, making art and cutting out things to the point that she would come and knock on my door and say, you know what, come out. This is <laughs> enough. Um, so I think that writing a book has always been something that I wanted to do, but the task seemed insurmountable. I mean, you know, who sits down and like, oh, I'm going to bust out a book. Um, but what really encouraged me to do that was COVID. Mm -hmm. I had been talking about everywhere in some of our organizational meetings in groups that we're in together on television. Whenever I was interviewed during the pandemic, during the height of the pandemic, I talked about what research said and where we were headed as a country. And everywhere I went, I said, we are headed into another pandemic and it is going to be mental health. Mental health will be the next biggest pandemic that we will have to deal with if we do not address what is happening and the way people are feeling during COVID. And I realized if I was feeling so stuck during COVID, surely other people were feeling the same way. And so that was sort of the catalyst to get me to sit down and just start writing about what was going on for me. I am on another campaign to break the stigma around mental health. Mm -hmm. And this book is my way of adding to the body of literature in trying to help with breaking the stigmas that we have around mental health by me myself being vulnerable and sharing my triumphs as well as my struggles. Do, do you believe the stigma is more pronounced in the, in the black community or is it is it pretty, you know, in all communities? Well, I think that there are communities that deal with mental health much better than others. Mm -hmm. And so the stigma is very prevalent in the Black community. And I will go further to say in Appalachia mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. So it's so for Black people in Appalachia, it's a double whammy. Oh, gosh. Whammy. Yeah. We're double whammy. Double whammy. Yeah. So what does it mean? Your, your book is entitled Unstuck. Go ahead and share the, the, the title of the book. The title of the book is Unstuck, Moving Toward Your Ideal Life. Right. So what does it mean to be unstuck? So the premise of the book is really around John Meyer's Wheel of Life. And there are six categories. The Wheel of Life has evolved over time to, you know, at, there have been additions to the will, and there have been more categories since its inception, but it's really looking at this wheel of life and understanding that your whole life doesn't have to be in the crapper and stuck. It only takes one area on that wheel to stop it from moving. So I use the analogy of a tire. 
It only takes one nail and one puncture in that wheel or that tire to render it unmovable, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's about finding the puncture in the wheel, finding the puncture in the tire and doing the work to get your wheel of life moving again and move toward a life that you really love. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes life shows up and we lose the vision of the life that we really want because we, we get caught up in the minutia of everyday life. Mm -hmm. And we lose sight of what it means to really be happy or to really be content and to live the life that we really, really want. Okay, okay. So what can people expect to feel after reading the book? I'm hoping that people feel empowered, that they understand that everything they need to move toward a life that is valuable and wonderful for them is already inside of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really hoping that people will do some self-assessments and understand the resources that are around them. And I hope they feel encouraged to take risks and ask for what they want. And, and I like the fact inside of them. So it's like stirring up the gifts Absolutely. that are already in there. Yeah. That are already there. I talk a little bit about, you know, what it feels like and understanding also how adverse lived experiences make it hard for us to do some self-evaluation and to really know our worth and the God-given talents that we already have to pursue the best life. Mm -hmm. We already, already, you know, for those of us who are people of faith, we were born with, we were all born with gifts and it's, it's, we just have to discover what those gifts are mm -hmm. and just Absolutely. activate them. Absolutely. So how did you, you mentioned starting in the height of the pandemic, how did you approach the writing process? Cause, cause I, you know, truth be told, I've been writing a book since 2017. But just, to, I know just to focus it's it's hard to you know i would do good in certain in spurts and then i would just kind of not do stuff for weeks so how did you approach the writing process i approached it with a very good book coach mm. she is a sorority sister of ours and i talk about this a little bit in the book i took a trip home to california's home for me and the trip felt like a total bust and on the last night of the trip this sorority sister, we went out to have ice cream Sundays because I was drowning my sorrows in some in, ice cream. In some ice cream. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. And she she started talking about what she believed her calling was. And she told me she believed her calling is an organizer of thoughts. Mm. That's what she does for people. She takes their ideas and helps them bring it to fruition. And she has a small publishing company where she had done mostly journals, people who um, were doing trainings and they wanted to put together a journal or uh, a book for their trainings and presentations. And when I told her, I said, you know, I'd like to write a book, just let's do it. Let's start next week. <laughs> I said, wow. But what she does is she uses her expertise. She is an elementary school principal and she uses her 
knowledge and her experience with managing others, managing people who are creatives or who need to be in order to relay and teach information. And she used that and like we had a lesson plan drawn out and mm -hmm. I had deadlines. This week, chapter one was due. Next week, chapter two. This week, how to use the book. And so she truly is an organizer of thoughts. She would take my thoughts for the chapter, help me organize those and present something that felt natural and felt organic and relatable to people. And so that is one of the biggest ways because, you know, I was always in trouble as a kid. So I do well with deadlines and <laughs> very, very punitive, very punitive things. But I would, I would recommend that to anyone who has a lot of content that may just need a little bit of motivation and organization to get things done. And it's critical to note, it doesn't mean that your life is not organized. I can be very hyper-organized in other areas of my life, but when it comes to something so intimate as writing and sharing your thoughts, it's easy to not be as organized and to be timid when it comes to laying it out there and just pulling the trigger and getting it done. So it helps to have that that extra. That's wonderful. So writing coach helped. Mm -hmm. So what, what surprised you? Because your, your book is available on Amazon. Yes. So what surprised you about the process of getting it, of writing, of publishing, of getting it on Amazon? What was that process like? And were you surprised um, by anything? So what surprised me is how easy it was to write and how hard it was to edit and format. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did not find the writing process hard. Once organized and I knew what chapter was going to be what, I flew through the writing. I really did. Mm -hmm. The editing, I, I went round and round and I rewrote the book probably 49,000 times. <laughs> In, in the editing phase, uh, do the words flow the way that I want to? That sentence is grammatically correct, but does it flow here in, mm -hmm. in this part and in this context? Uh, is this in order? Is it in the order that I want it to be in? So that is what surprised me. I truly thought that writing it was going to be the hardest part and that that was going to take me forever. And it didn't. Mm -hmm. It was editing and it was formatting. Now, I will put this caveat out there. I have seen indie authors and writers who have skipped steps. And that is not to anyone's advantage. Not the writer, not the reader. Mm -hmm. I do understand how expensive doing it right can be taking the right steps and going through a very girthy editing process can take time and money. But if you want to do it and if you want to share your soul, do it the right way. Just yeah. take, take the steps. Um, a lot of times authors are just like, well, just let's go. I just want to get it out there. I want to be done. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to get crap out there and then people say like, what in the world? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
it you you really want to do it the right way. So it it does take time, but that's what surprised me uh, the most. Now having my book coach too was very helpful in getting it on Amazon and um, we're in Barnes and Nobles now uh, as well. And the audio book is coming out in the next week or so. And once you crack the code and understand the process, it's really, it can be seamless if you have the right guidance and the right direction. Okay. Seems like you're off to a great, great start here. So what has changed? Because you're selling books, you're doing TikToks. You're... So what, what has changed professionally and personally since publishing the book? I think since publishing the book, once you have that solidified, for me, it symbolized all of the many different ways that you can impact the world, that you can help people and make money. Mm -hmm. In the field of psychology, it, it can feel very narrow, almost like you're a one trick pony. So you have this doctorate, so you must either be doing clinical work or you're teaching. And what those letters behind my name and in front of my name mean is that I have options. But mm -hmm. when you are so tunnel vision and you're so deeply entrenched in the community, it's hard to see that there are so many other ways to take those degrees and make an impact. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is what the book did for me is help me understand that the knowledge and the expertise and experience you have doesn't mean that you have to sit behind a desk and someone has to lay on a couch for in order for you to make a difference and help people. And the book really helped me make another paradigm shift in my life and understand that you can impact a whole bunch of people at one time using these different mechanisms, a book, a training, um, training staff. So the, it just opens your mind up to see what is actually possible and it invigorates me and ignites my belief in the impossible. Awesome, awesome. So you are developing a movement. You, yes. you, you already talked about the book. You mentioned recording the um, a pot, uh, not, not just your, you have your own podcast, as well as recording it on um, audio book. Mm -hmm. So what, what else, you know, what other products, what other mechanisms are you kind of developing around the book? So I have recently just trained uh, some staff, the RCCAA, uh, which is the umbrella under which the Head Start programs are under. I just started a series of trainings with them, the unstuck training for them through in-person training now. Uh, I know that's that sounds so different <laughs> after a couple of years to say. Mm -hmm. um, next week, I will be training the statewide birth to three program using the Unstuck book. And I have several other trainings that are coming up, but it's taking the premise of the book and helping staff and individuals understand their human capital. 
not only that, but ways that our adverse lived experiences show up to work with us and often hinder us for, from being our best, best selves in the work environment. Uh, there is a whole workbook that is developed very specifically for these trainings. So most times they get the unstuck book as well as the unstuck training workbook that we use. And so it is just really opening up uh, my possibilities, but definitely we are offering staff trainings and group trainings, um, hopefully around the country and world. I'm willing to speak it, speak it, passport, passport speak will, it. will travel. <laughs> Absolutely. So the book, the audio, the, the, the physical book, I have my copy, the physical book, the audio book, trainings, you know, on, on various aspects of the, of the topic of, of Unstuck. That's, that's just awesome. So what do you, you know, you've got all this going on. Hopefully you have some fun in your life, Dr. Dumas. What do you, what do you, what do, you do for fun? Um, so uh, you can probably even see behind me, I am a crafter. That is one of my stained glass pieces. Okay, very nice. Um, so I love doing uh, stained glass. I am an avid upcycler. So I love finding furniture at the secondhand store, Goodwill, wherever, and repurposing them and bringing them into a new life, a new second chance, something that someone else didn't deem as valuable anymore that I just bring it back to value. I've been doing a lot of mosaics, a lot of mosaic oh, tabletops. So I'm a crafter. I love doing crafting things. And I have adopted the Appalachian culture. I am a huge canner. So I enjoy canning and preserving food. That's that's fun to me. That's a lot. And cooking and baking and all, all of that. Yes. <laughs> um, so what when you think about really what makes you tick, what what do you what would you say that is? Like what what really sets your soul on fire? Being with family, I mean, that goes without saying, but beyond that, I enjoy helping people and assisting them in making huge pivots in their lives. When people get to the crossroad and feel like they just can't go on or they don't know where to turn, I enjoy helping people get to the place when they understand just how amazing they really are. Mm -hmm. And that sets my soul on fire because I am realizing that there are so many ways for me to be able to do that on a very large scale. So I, I enjoy that coming up with creative ways to help people live their best lives. Awesome. 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 So we, we've been living through some challenging times these last two and a half years. As you look to the future, what gives you hope? You know, this unstuck movement has really ignited my optimism about the future. I have been humbled by the amount of support around this movement. And it let me know that people are not 
just cold and callous. They're really not just walking through life, um, not wanting more for themselves. People want to be healthy. They want to be happy and they want to be whole. So the support and the interest about having a better life has really bolstered my ability to keep trying and to keep moving forward, just knowing that people are receptive and they want to live their best lives. They don't want to be in the states that they're in. They want better. And that has that has given me hope for the future and realizing that the mental health spaces that we are in now won't be always. People want to come out on the other side of it better than what they went in. And that gives me hope because I talk about this in the book when we started our podcast and we were like, we don't know if anybody anywhere is going to listen to <laughs> one episode. We may be talking out into the abyss and nobody's listening. And here we are today with thousands and thousands of downloads. And it's the same type of hope I felt then that I feel now about this book and, and realizing that people want to be better. They just need a roadmap sometimes and where to start to make their lives better. And that makes me hopeful. Wonderful, wonderful. So thank you so much, Dr. Dumas, for being on Fostering Solutions today. I wish you all the best with the book and the trainings. And, you know, we're definitely going to get the word out there more. And um, what, what parting words do you have for the audience? My parting words would be a better life is out there. Your ideal life, the things that you've thought about, the things that you have dreamt about, and the desires of your heart are there for you. You must take the risk and ask for what you want. And let's get unstuck together. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you.